Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Welcome to episode eight, Self-Love with Angela Leong. So Angela and I actually went to college together, so it's been over 20 years. And in the last several years or so, we've reconnected and spent quite a bit of time running together and working out together and developing a very good friendship. And so this episode was a lot of fun for us to record, but because we were friends, we were laughing a lot, and um, it's pretty funny because for some reason during the episode, her phone messages were hooked up to her computer, and so it kept going off, and we were laughing about it a lot, and she even kindly offered to re-record the episode for me in case I couldn't edit out all the noises, um, but I really felt that it was a pretty authentic episode despite um, the ping noises of the messages. So I tried to edit out as much as I could. Um, I wanted to keep it very authentic to its message and which I think is a very important message for self-love. So I was very happy to get her on the podcast. So I really hope that you all enjoy this episode. A little bit about Angela. She was born and raised in Houston, Texas with 32 of those years residing in spring which is the Northwest part of Houston, Texas. She is the oldest of three, a first-generation Filipino-American and wife to Michael, who also went to college with us, and mother to Maya and Willow the cat. She grew up with a strong practice in Catholicism, is introverted, and loves to learn and find ways to be creative and learn skill sets to pass the time. The majority of her education was in Catholic schools until she entered nursing school. She wanted to be an architect and then a fashion designer, but now is a registered nurse for 15 years, working in clinical planning and design facilities and, in, and construction as a clinical activation planner. She has a small side business as a portrait photographer for five years. She used to bake cakes for a side business as well. She loves to create, inspire, and be crafty, and watercolors, crochets, and knits. She officially calls herself a runner and ran her first half marathon and is currently on a 2020 running streak, running at least a mile a day for the year. She loves to practice Ligree fitness and yoga. Prayer and meditation keeps her grounded and her family and friends are her happy place. She turned 40 in 2020 and COVID-19 cannot stop her from her year long celebration of activities. Her favorite quote is, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. You can do anything when you put your mind to it. Find her on Instagram at i.am.angelaleong and at Angela Leong Photography and her website, www.angelaleong.com. We actually didn't get a chance to talk about her photography business, but she's taken some pictures of me and I know that she is very talented as well. So please enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wish Well podcast. 
I'm here today with Angela Leong, and Angela and I have actually known each other for, oh my gosh, like over 20 years, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we met in college, but interestingly enough, like, I don't think we ever really hung out or, I mean, we knew each other. We said hi to each other, but we didn't really hang out until recently, I think within the last couple of years or so, maybe five yeah. years. I think um, Angela and her friends came to one of my yoga classes when I first finished my yoga teacher training back in 2014. And then we kind of kept in touch um, on social media. And then um, more recently, a few years ago, I joined one of her running groups and uh, we just, you know, became fast friends and worked out together, talk every now and again and work out. And um, so I'm so happy to have Angela on the podcast today. Welcome, Angela. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm awesome. and nervous. I can't lie. <laughs> well, Angela actually recorded another podcast about uh, in January after she finished her first half marathon, right? Yeah. And that podcast was was so nice to listen to. Um, I've kind of followed Angela's journey with running and she is so fast. I mean, it's, uh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk about that in a little bit. But um, so Angela, tell me, what is your word for health and wellness? So my word for health and wellness, um, I was actually running this or this morning or around lunchtime and I'm like, okay, what is my word? What is my word? And any, everything that came back to me was self-care, self-love. So I think by the time we got to this, I realized it's going to be self-love because I think um, loving yourself is very important. Um, I don't think a lot of people, I think people find that kind of strange when you say, oh, I love myself, you know, but it really is an important part of being human about being a woman about being who you are wife mother because if you can't love yourself how can you love others so right. i think that's a huge part of health and wellness is being able to love yourself and know what's good for you yeah and the funny thing is i mean not really funny but since i've kind of followed you along your journey we've talked a lot about various things you've practiced yoga with me um we've run together and all that i kind of know a little bit more about um why you chose that word and how you came to be where you are now but um for everybody else who's listening why don't you tell us a little bit about you know your journey um why you chose that word and you know whatever you want to whatever wherever you want to start so I, you know, when people ask me about that, I always look back to, let's see, Maya is nine. So I have a daughter who's nine. When she was three, um, I had a miscarriage and it was probably the hardest part of my life, like the most difficult part of my life that sort of took me down a, a strange path. It was almost like I had no clue about, I mean, I just, I can't, it's hard to describe it. It's almost like I didn't give up on everything, but it was more like, am I in the right place? Am I in my right mind? Am I in my right presence? You know, um, we had just moved into a house. Um, and after all of that had happened, I was like, am I really happy here? Is this what I really want? Like, is this, I, I know it's just a house and it's so strange, but from that time on, um, I kind of kept moving moved to a new, like we literally within a year and a half, we sold that house, found another house, moved into that house, like almost a year later. And I actually, I even called, I had also started 
what I call job hopping. I couldn't find my place in my career. Um, I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for 15 years. Um, and on the side, I've done things from baking cakes um, to photography and um, even now um, putting my hand in selling beauty products, which I really do like. So that's not too bad at all. And I spent the last almost, where are we now? Been a year in my new position, four years finding my place, just kind of putting myself wherever the road will take me, right? Um, trying new things, finding ways to be present and just find happiness, really. Um, finding happiness at home, finding happiness at work, because I truly believe that those two have to be balanced. And so maybe it wasn't until, gosh, I'd have, it's a year ago or even two years ago that I really started focusing on myself, um, where I would say the whole issue, the whole word of self-love came into play. I started to focus on finding ways to be more present and mindful, right? Um, exercising was a huge thing for me during that time as well. I think that's where I kind of upped my game. I started joining Legree more with you, um, picked up more of my practice in yoga and really pushing with my running. And I think a lot of it was to maybe keep myself busy, right? And I think busy to the point that I kind of overwhelmed myself too at the same time. And then doing that on the And it wasn't until I got a position at the hospital that I currently work at, in which it was a position that I'd actually always wanted to be in. And um, I got into it. I enjoyed it for the first year. The second year, it didn't turn out to be what I hoped it would be. So I sort of just pushed through, kept myself busy, did whatever I needed to do, obviously, to do my job right. And last spring, I think, is when like all of it hit hard and I just, I had a mental breakdown. It was just sitting in a meeting and I just got so frustrated. You know, one of those meetings where it's like, you've been doing this for three years now. Why are we still going back to, you know, plan A? We can't even, we can't even get to plan Z, you know? So I got really frustrated and that's when I really focused on, I think I need to find a better place for myself mentally, physically, and spiritually. So I started looking for jobs, found the job that I have now, which is really different than what I've ever done in my career as a nurse. And now I work in design and construction, which a lot of people don't realize that nurses can work in that field. So that's a pretty cool thing too. It's a huge learning curve, but I'm enjoying it. And I started focusing a lot more on meditating, spending time with a lot more with prayer as well. I'm um, spiritual in that as well. And just trying to find a better balance for myself and just learning to love myself for who I am, right? Love myself for the fact that I am a nurse working in design and construction, or I am Angela, wife to Mike Leong, um, mother to Maya Leong. You know, what can I do to make myself better for my family? Family foremost, right? Um, so, you know, you just learn to find ways to be present, whether that just means turning off my cell phone, right? Or just spending more time with my family or when you get frustrated, stepping away. 
um, and just having solitude with yourself or fixing your face, getting, you know, playing with your hair, dressing up, you know, feeling beautiful, just feeling proud to be a woman and just know that no matter what happens, I feel like, I mean, honestly, women are very resilient, you know, especially for all the things that we go through. <laughs> we go through so much, you know, like we've got hormones, we've got emotions, you know, and oh my gosh, can they be crazy? So to learn how to just love yourself, even the negative, I think makes a big difference, you know, and finding solutions to problems, you know, like trying to sit back and, you know, like yesterday I had this moment, you know, being in quarantine, you know, we're going on week three or four now. <laughs> Y'all are going to laugh, but I lost it because my husband didn't pick up French fries for me, you know? <laughs> And I was like, what am I doing? You know, I went, I mean, I felt so bad. I was just angry, you know, and I was yelling and I realized, Angel, you need to calm down. You know, like this is pointless. So I went to bed. I went to bed at 7.30. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I went to bed at 7.30. waking up? <laughs> Girl, I woke up like at 11.30 because I was like, I woke up and I'm like, and then I had hives, which wasn't fun, but I woke up and I realized... I can't go back to bed. So I got up and had to calm my mind. So I sat on the couch and just did some deep breathing and just kind of relaxed. And luckily my best friend was up too. So I was texting her. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, you know, Angela, this is what it is, you know, mm -hmm. but take it day by day, minute by minute. You can't stress yourself out over these types of things. And I'm not perfect. I go through this all the time. There'll be days where it's like, everything's fabulous. Right. And then the next day it may not be so well I think like right now it's just very unusual not normal times for everybody so the fact that we all are having to do social distancing and staying at home and not going anywhere working from home we're around our spouses and our kids all the time I mean there's a lot of factors that come into um, feeling a little bit more stress and more tension than normal um, but definitely having the time for self-care, self-love um, amidst all of this is very important. Um, really fast, I just want to go back to, I mean, you mentioned earlier in the beginning about the experience of having a miscarriage changing your life. And at that time I was three and she's nine now, you said? She's so from, so that was six years from I guess the time that you had your miscarriage until now, um, talk to us a little bit about um, what your life was like prior to the miscarriage. Was self-care, self-love, was that really important to you at that time? Um, and how did you journey through to where you are now, where you are doing so many things, and I know all the things, um, but you're able to balance it all. And, um, you know, so just tell, tell us a little bit about, about what that was like. You know, to be honest, I don't know that I, it's hard to remember anything that happened before that point. It was really, that miscarriage, man, it really, it, it took me out like just emotionally and mentally, really. But before that, I honestly, purities when I was, after being pregnant with Maya, wanting to be, a, look a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've always had hormonal issues just with hormonal acne, right? Mm -hmm. All, I mean, I was just physically mm -mm, not a happy camper in that aspect, right? Mm -hmm. um, Career-wise, 
I actually enjoyed what I did at that time. I worked for um, an oncology hospital that I really enjoyed my team. So work in itself was great. Like I loved where I worked. I mean, when you look at the balance of life and home, it was great. Um, I think I just probably lacked more so really just taking care of myself before um, I had the miscarriage. I mean, I would go running here and there, you know, go on these yo-yo diets, you know, try every single diet because I wanted to lose weight. Um, but I really wasn't focusing on what really is, what really does my body want? What really works for myself? I really didn't know any of that then, right? It was just more so, oh, everyone's going to do Atkins. Okay, let's do that. Or I don't know, was keto on back then? You know, I probably would have tried it, right? So... I feel honestly, it really is the having a miscarriage and kind of hitting rock bottom is really what taught me. Although it took a while, because look, that's almost six years to finally find that balance or realize that no matter what I go through, how I look, how I feel, I have to love who I am because this is who I am. And I make the choices that I make and those are the consequences that I also have to take, right? So if I make a decision that I know probably isn't a good idea, but I decide to do it anyway, and something goes wrong, well, then I'll, I'll be accountable for my mistakes. That's one big thing that I learned in the last three or four years is take accountability for yourself, you know? Um, be honest with yourself. Oh, my gosh. I don't, even, I don't think I can even say it, but there's a book that I really liked, <laughs> It's, um, oh my gosh, pretty much how to not give an F, right? <laughs> and I read that about two years ago and that really helped kind of pave my way to how I am today. Although most of my friends would probably tell you that you've always been like that, Angela. Maybe I just never realized it, but normally once people get to know me, I don't if you ask me your an opinion about something, I'm going to tell you what I truly mean, which and sometimes I think that's why people don't like to ask me things. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you know, your harshest judge is really yourself. And yes. so if you can be honest with yourself, who cares what anybody else thinks? But I also think like some of it, like what you, what you were mentioning has to do with your life experiences and maturity as well. Because yeah. I mean, do you remember us when we were in college? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, it just takes, it takes you experiencing life and sometimes having very harsh lessons in life in order for you to really learn from it and grow from it. And so while, you know, my own parents would tell me, why do you want to make mistakes in life? Why don't you just listen to what we tell you that you need to do? Um, I don't want to raise my son like that. I'm sure you don't want to raise Maya like that either. Like you want them to experience failures and um, setbacks because that's the only way that they can learn from it very true I do that to Maya all the time and yeah and my parents like they'll they'll see it with me um, whenever I try to have Colin my son um, you know learn from what he's doing wrong um, they're just like they just want to do it for him you know even yeah. something as simple as tying his shoelaces or something like that it took him forever to learn because he was used to everybody doing things for him exactly. but uh, but yeah I mean um, 
I've, I've not had a miscarriage, but I know people like yourself and my friends who, other friends who've had miscarriages, and it's a horrible thing to have to go through. Um, nobody wants to have to go through it, but mm-hmm. I think in your experience, what you've gone through, if you, you know, you were able to turn it into something positive and grow from it and discover your own self-love. I think that there is a lot to be said about that. It is. And, you know, I have people when you tell them they feel bad. And I said, you shouldn't feel bad because it happens. You know, it it really does. It's a part of life that, you know, nobody wants that to happen to anyone, but it truly does happen. And it, it took me a while to realize that, you know, I mean, when it did happen, my mom was like, you know, Angela, I had one before you and everything went okay. You know, it was tough, but we made it through. And my grandma even told me, you know, she's like, oh, don't worry, Angela. I had one, you know, after your uncle, you know, and it was like, okay, you know, it made me feel better, but it's still, it was really tough. And so when, and I honestly truly feel too, is being able to talk about it, being able to talk about tragedies. Now there's not all tragedies that are easy to talk about, but when you can talk about it, it really helps. I think it helps it helps you as a person inside, right? To talk about it over and over again. And I think now I've said it so many times now, it's not difficult for me to share. And people were like, oh, I don't know how you can do that. And I'm like, because it's a part of my life. It, it is who I am. It is who, it is what happened to me six years ago. You know, I'm never going to be able to let that go. But if I dwell on it, it's going to take me down for the next who knows how many years. And I can't let that happen because I've got a beautiful nine-year-old, you know? Yeah. Cool. It's a part of who you are. It's, it's, it's exactly you have to experience that. And as cliche as it is, you know, I mean, it, you, you have to, you have to be able to talk about it and you have to, otherwise it would eat you up. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of um, when I did my yoga teacher training in 2014, it was like 40 or 50 of us sitting around in this big giant circle. We used to call it like our therapy circle and we would all share these very personal things. And it was like, you know, at first it was so weird to me. It was like these strangers, you know, like complete strangers prior to the training. And we're sitting there talking about, you know, crazy things that happened to, to us in our past. And it was one of those things where it was like, you know, at first it was awkward, but then it was like, you know, all these things that happened to each one of us, it's part of who we are. And it's part of our, you know, you, you gotta like move past it. You gotta be able to talk about it and move forward. And otherwise you're just going to be stuck. Um, so I think it's great that you're able to talk about it and share because I mean, there are so many women who go through miscarriages and um, it's very relatable, you know, and the more you talk about it, um, I think it makes other people more comfortable and, um, you know, it's, it's great that you're able to, to do that. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell, <laughs> so that miscarriage was six years ago. And so um, like we were mentioning, or you're talking about before, it still took you some time before you really started putting more importance uh, or putting a lot of importance on your own health and your own wellness, uh, which includes working out and running and yoga. Um, and so tell me a little bit about what you do as far as your routine for self-love now. Pretty much my routine for self-love is a lot of, um, I've realized a lot of it is physical exercise for me right now. It's just taking care of my body. Um, Being mindful of what I eat, things like that. Being more present with my family. And I will have to say this 
COVID-19 really is putting that into perspective for me, which is great, you know, and mm -hmm. I definitely plan to make sure that what it, once we get through all of this, that I continue to be more present. Uh, yoga has been a big thing for me. You know, when I started with you, was it five years ago? I enjoyed it, but I couldn't seem to get into it as, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I just, I couldn't seem to get myself to be present in the moment of practicing, right? I just felt like I was moving my body in weird ways and things were just moving slow. So yeah. <laughs> very common misconception. Um, so many people who do not practice yoga regularly, they say they don't like it just because it's too slow. They're not, they don't feel like they're doing enough. And I think it's, it's when you start to do it a little bit more and you realize what it's really there, like what the purpose of yoga is, it's so much more than a physical practice. So I'm sure you, you know that. <laughs> oh yes. And you know, Let's rewind to a year ago, actually, when I had that mental breakdown, just because I was just, I think, like I said, I was unhappy at work. I was just having struggles, honestly, as a wife and in my relationship. And I think a lot of it was me. Um, one thing that I also did in regards to self-love is see a therapist. And that was a very hard thing for me to do. I felt like there's many times that I've thought I've wanted to see one, but I was afraid. And the other part of me was, why do you want to tell your feelings to some stranger? Why do you want to pay somebody? You know, like, why do I want to pay somebody to tell them like what's going on in my life? Like, that just sounds crazy to me, you know? And uh, that, that has to be one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, now, I will tell you now, my mother has no clue that I see a therapist because if I ever told her, she'd be like, all you have to do is pray. And I get it. You know, I pray, but I, seeing somebody who honestly does this for a profession, you know, you went to school, you know, you did your clinicals, whatever it is that you had to do to get to this point and talking to someone and just getting their insight, it has opened my mind so much, especially in regards to my relationship with my husband. Like a lot of it was me, right? A lot of this stuff that was going on that I would talk about was like, Angela, well, maybe you need to try this or Angela, maybe I suggest you do this. And that has helped a lot in regards to pretty much my self-love as a wife, right? And it's really like great that you mentioned mental health and seeing a therapist. Um, that is something that I totally believe in. And I think it, now it's a little bit more, I don't want to say like acceptable, but you know, people are talking about mental health a little bit more back then, like 10, even 10 years ago, it was almost like taboo um, to mm -hmm to even talk about mental health or that you needed to seek help. And why is it such a big issue if you want to seek another opinion or, or have a professional talk to you? Um, it shouldn't be, you know, but, and I think that that's really important. I'm all about therapy. Um, I love my therapist. If she's listening, I love you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, um, there's so much to be said because you do need that objective opinion who can, who can give you ideas ideas. And, um, you know, a lot of it, I do think has to come from how we're raised, how we're, how we were brought up, um, the, the environment that we had, it all affects how you are in the present moment. And so I think it's really great that you, um, sought help. Um, and, and there's nothing, I think, negative that can come out of seeing a therapist. So I definitely, I'm glad that you, you, um, see somebody or saw somebody. 
I mean, I let it all out, you know, from like childhood. I mean, I'm four years old. So can you imagine like 39 years of mental anguish? And, you know, and I realized that was also part of probably a lot of the things that I was going through maybe in the last five years after having the miscarriage or maybe even before. And I just didn't realize it. And so that has definitely been also one of the things is um, in regards to me loving myself more is taking care of myself mentally. Mm -hmm. um, practicing yoga has just been now I just enjoy it it's like I crave it I need it you know it's almost like I need that time to be able to be present just with myself with my body being able to feel what's going on mm -hmm. I just oh my gosh like if it feels so amazing afterwards and it's funny because as you know um, I teach uh, Legree Fitness and so um, in the last year that I've been teaching I kind of let my yoga practice go off to the wayside because I love doing Legree so much and it's actually funny because with all of this stuff going on with COVID-19 it was like the only thing I really wanted was to do yoga again and so I've been more consistent about my yoga practice throughout all of this which is kind of what I needed for a, a while but I just didn't realize it because I was all I'm going to do Legree every day and um, with all the stresses that's going on right now um, I mean yoga is just it's it's easy as you have a mat you can move right. and breathe and meditate and it just it just yeah so <laughs> girl I feel you in all directions because it's been great and meditating has been a wonderful thing too um, I try to use apps but there's one that I found on iTunes that I use and it helps me to sleep some days or they have different meditations for like you know if you're obviously there's a lot of different meditations right out there for sleep stress going to bed or you know, for peace or for happiness. There's all different kinds, but I try to do that when I can. I will say I, that fell off the wayside for me about two or three months ago. I think I got really involved with work and it got so busy that, you know, by the time I got home, it was like, all you got to do is run, right? Because, <laughs> you yeah. know, me, I'm always running. It's like, get home, cook dinner, go run, go to sleep. So I've been able to get back to that too, being that we've been all at home right now. So that so that's kind of like, you know, reminds me of, you know, you were talking, we talked about the miscarriage and this whole experience with COVID-19 is obviously awful and it's chaos and um, there's so much uncertainty, but there are little glimpses of positive things that have come out of it, um, like you mentioned. Um, so talk to me a little bit about your running. And so I know before this all happened, you were on a quest to run every day. Are you still keeping up with it? I am. And that's another struggle too, right? So when you're loving yourself, you, I mean, love yourself to the fullest because there are days when it's like, it's just a mile. Do I really need to run today? You know, cause I get tired, but that's definitely one thing that I've done is set a goal for myself on that was I'm going to do this. And I honestly, I keep hearing George and Karen in the back of my head. It's just 10 minutes or it's just 11 minutes, Angela, whatever it is. So yeah, I don't even know what day it is, like in regards to is it the 77th day, 90th day, I don't know. But yes, I have been running at least one mile a day. Even when I had the flu, I ran around my kitchen into the foyer until <laughs> one mile. And that took 30 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I am determined to keep up with this one mile thing. So um the running the balance with all that you know you talked about self-love but when it becomes like a chore like you have to do it because you committed to it how do you find the balance with self-love and you know 
just realizing that maybe you need to take a day off, not to say that you, you need to, but I'm just saying. Right. Well, that's where it becomes more of your, this is something you committed to, Angela. So commit to it, right? Don't commit to something and do it half A. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and that's another part of the, my personality. It's almost like if I'm going to go into it, I'm going to do it 100%, 110%. So yeah, it is a struggle and to not make it a chore is very difficult to be honest. So it's really balancing at what time am I going to do it, right? So, you know, with COVID, we've been home all freaking day. So I had been running like in the evenings and the afternoons and the thought of having to run when you've been sitting at home and you're homeschooling and it's really difficult. So yesterday I went running for the first time in the morning, almost like, like three or four weeks. And I loved it. Like yeah. it felt like the running that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So I've made a pact with myself that Angela, you're going to try and run in the morning, wake up a little earlier, get at least three miles done and get it over with just because the rest of the day, you're not thinking about, Oh my God, I've got to run a mile. Oh my gosh, I got to run three miles. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to be like that. Cause I honestly like, I enjoy, it's so crazy. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I enjoy running, but I don't want running to become a chore. Right. So I've just got to find the best time. Right. And balance is a big part of self-love, right. Is being able to balance everything that you do, finding the right time, finding the right place and having to let go because there's some things that you may not be able to do in a day. Right. Um, Randy Zuckerberg has that book. I can never remember titles of books that I read because I'm a bad reader, but I do read them. Um, pick three, right? Find three things a day that you can focus on because honestly, once you go past those three things, something isn't going to get finished or something won't get completed, right? So I like to bullet journal and I pretty much try to write on a daily basis when I can or a weekly basis what three things are important to me today, um, whether that means family, socializing, exercising, for me, exercising is a daily, so I only have two other options. And family is also important, right? So I really only have one extra thing that could be my leisure, whether that means happy hour with friends or going upstairs and working in the craft room. So I try to find that. I use that as my balance to help me kind of stay focused and less like crazy, really like, oh my God, Angela, you're doing too many things now, you know? Yeah. So... <laughs> Awesome. Well, um, so we're running a little bit out of time, but I wanted to close with a couple of things. First, I wanted to see, you mentioned um, some apps and that book, the Pick 3 book. Um, any other little tidbits of advice you want to give to other people who may be having a tough time balancing everything and also being able to have a little bit of self-love? Um, my one biggest advice really is just to know that not everything is going to be perfect. Not everything is going to go the way you want. So just when you do feel overwhelmed or you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing a great job, kind of stop, mm -hmm. sit, take a deep breath and be present in what's going on right now. What is it right now that's making you happy? And just kind of go with it. Just move forward with that and just be okay to let go of things. Like don't get so tied up on certain things that you feel like, you know, must get done or, you know, I've 
got to exercise. I've got to cook, cook dinner, you know, or I don't have time for friends, you know, try to make the time to do the little things. Cause over time, those little things become bigger things and you find time to actually do those things. I don't know. Great advice. And last thing is if, um, people want to reach out to you or contact you, how can they find you? Oh, I do have an Instagram handle, which is I period am period Angela Leong. And if not, you can find me at Angela Leong on Facebook as well. Awesome. Well, I will be putting your information on our show notes, show notes that will be available um, once I post your episode. But um, thank you so much, Ange, for taking your time out to chat with me about self-love and your experience. And there's so much more that we can talk about, um, but maybe we can talk about another episode. But thank you again so much for coming by. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness.